Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Good. I hear you're the one that's going to tell the story today. I I did promise that, yes. Good. Okay. I'm all ready to hear. Do you need a male, female, both? What are you looking for? I'll take a female name. Okay. I'm going to pick Rosa. Rosa. That's beautiful. Okay. So, geez, I never feel like I can measure up to your storytelling. So, we'll just kind of like lay it out right now. Um, and I don't know how you time these things so well, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. So Rosa is a longtime client. She's been to see me quite a few times over the last year. And she's such an open, um, an open person in general mm-hmm. and really, truly open and accepting to all of the gifts and all of the guides and anything that the universe is willing to offer her. Wow. Yeah. So when she says open session, she means it. Yeah. Which is really cool. And in previous sessions, we had spent a lot of time on um, psychic past of this lifetime. So filling in some blanks for her, um, uncovering some really hard truths about abuse in her family, Mm. specifically abuse done to her. And... I feel really honored that she's trusted me with that information to to give her that information. And of course we have our systems where we um, use affirmations to make sure that we're accurate so that we're not harming people with information. So they've been really, really heavy sessions, but really necessary for healing. Mm. And the day that she showed up for this session, she just said, you know what? I don't have questions. I'm just going to go open Anything that the guides want me to know, I'm here for today. And they just, the energy of the session was entirely different. Sometimes I get really sucked into into her body right away with medical intuitive and I get into a particular area and then pain and illness pops up and they tell her her symptoms and all of that. And this just wasn't like that. So all of a sudden, I have a visual. So it's not auditory, which is often something that I experience. And I'm in a field of tall grass. And there is just the the most beautiful breeze that you can absolutely imagine. But I'm laying on the ground. So I'm, I'm a body. And I'm witnessing this beautiful back and forth breeze of this tall grass. Everything in that moment feels expansive and fresh and possible. And I'm explaining this to her and she she goes, okay, I, I need this, keep going. And so I said to the guides, like, why are we starting here? This is really random and nonspecific, right? And you and I don't like that. We like to challenge what the hell we're doing. So they said, well, when you offered her energy healing in consent and she said, yes, this is what we're going to be drawing on. This energy is what we're going to be doing with her in order to heal her human body and the trauma that she's experienced in this lifetime. But we have to come back to this moment in time where there is stillness and expansiveness and breath. So they're teaching me what I'm doing with the energy healing, which was great. And she was so accepting of this. And what came through next is that this energy in this moment in time was something that she was trying to achieve as a human. Mm. 
So the guides came through to say, we know you're meditating. We know you're doing active meditation. We know you carve out time in your day to get to this place of stillness, to get to this place of relaxation and this feeling of wholeness. And she, I, I turned to her and I said, is that correct? Are you in this practice on a regular basis? And she said, yeah, in fact, I am. And so the guides came at the very beginning to say this, to acknowledge this is where we meet you. Mm. And not only is this where we meet you, but you've initiated this. So the visual that ended up happening in her session was one of the coolest things that I've seen. They said, Rosa, you don't just meet us halfway. You carve out time daily and weekly to meet us in these places. And then we make the effort to meet you more than halfway because of the possibilities you create. And in this junction, if you're watching, right, there's a crossover. I'm not just, I'm not just meeting my hands in the middle here. All of these possibilities exist for her. And the guides just said to her, that junction creates so much space for us to be able to actually do more for you, but not just for you, with you. And they wanted to affirm her gifts were opening. And this is what she's been experiencing more and more of, more intuition, more connection, not just with her human body, but also, you know, all the integration of the centers of intelligence. And she was just tickled. Like you can hear it kind of like the snot in her nose as she's smiling and saying, yes, yes, keep going. Did you say snot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She'll own it. She'll own it. It's the good snot, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. I love that. And one of the most beautiful messages that came out of her session, which I was so excited to share with people, is that remember I was talking about that energy of just the swaying of the grass back and forth? This, this place in time felt like this massive inhale and then this massive exhale. In both of those motions, there's a feeling of expanding and contracting. And I don't know how to put this into words and make it less and, and not make it less magical, if that makes sense. But this whole idea was when you inhale or exhale, the contraction that happens is not nothing. So sometimes we feel that one of them over the other is more expansive and one is more contractive, right? But that it's not that nothing's happening in that moment. It's the entire wholeness and necessity of that energy, atom, particle, whatever you want to talk about. If anyone is watching right now, Winston's on the couch eating his tail and you're missing out. I'm trying to focus. So in their message of congratulations to Rosa, they were talking about the fact that in her life, in this lifetime, one of the biggest things that she was meant to do, so soul contract, was to experience this moment of expanding and contracting. That her life path was not about external achievements. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about these big um, acknowledgement things or accomplishments that would earn her acknowledgement. It was about coming to a place of feeling whole. And I don't mean that in the cliched sense of the word, where you are really in a moment in time so present where your head, your heart, and your gut are all aligned. Mm -hmm. They're all on the same page, and there isn't this push or pull about needing to do more or not doing enough or needing to move on to the next thing or cr a crisis in identity because you're not doing anything in this moment. It was about actually experiencing these moments multiple times in life. And she just sat back and she went like, can, can you repeat that? 
And so I did. And I mean, listeners are listening, so I'm not going to do it for them. But she just said, I, I really needed to hear that because all of the things that she's gone through in childhood have left her in this, have resulted in this feeling of kind of not knowing where to start or go from here and a big mode of survival, right? Which is what mm-hmm. happens after we've experienced traumatic abuse. Mm-hmm. And to hear, I would imagine that her contract isn't about exerting. Her contract isn't about overextending. Her contract is literally about being present. And I thought about how many people would have sat in that Zoom room with me with disappointment on their face. Mm-hmm. And like, well, what's the point? You well, know, yeah, Kelly, because aren't we conditioned to create that vision board? And and if you sit down in a course or a class or a group work session with coworkers around the vision boards, typically we are given magazines with pictures on them and words that are supposed to define the things we want to get, whether it's money, a house, a car, it's things, you know, the hot tub, the guy, the girl, mm-hmm. the relationship. And, and we really can believe um, that it's the promotion, like it's the things we're supposed to get or the people that we're supposed to attract to us that we think is our life purpose. Mm-hmm. It's a constant striving. And the point that they were really trying mm-hmm. to make, and they didn't have to work hard because Rosa was listening, mm-hmm. um, but we're working hard to make it for listeners, is... Day to day, week to week, it was about being in the moment in order to experience wholeness. And what was really cool about it, and I'm probably going to say that like six times throughout this podcast, is that they said to her, look, you're going to have a moment in this lifetime where you experience wholeness, but you haven't had it yet. And she went, that's true. And they said, we want you to know it's coming and it's coming more than once. And you're already doing the work to get there. Mm -hmm. And you're going to experience the moment of wholeness at a later date, not because anything is broken now. Mm. That what was simply missing and not not through fault or not doing enough or whatever that that idea is, is that she was still on the path of self-understanding. And that when more self-understanding came into play, the head, the heart, and the body would be able to experience the moment of wholeness all at once. Again, not because something was broken, but because just a tiny little piece of information isn't there yet. Well, you're also saying that the thing that she is looking for, or however people want to think about this, isn't external. Correct. It doesn't sit in the partner that arrives and says, I've got your missing piece. Mm -hmm. Um, or the job that says you've been waiting for the promotion and here's your missing piece, or whatever it is, you finally pay off the mortgage and there's your missing piece. Uh, What I'm really hearing that she's understanding and accepting and that the spirit world is putting two words for her, that this piece is something that comes within her Mm -hmm. And I'll say in perfect timing, and that's the universal law of perfection, because it's not orchestrated by another human, and it's not in the control of her or other human beings to give her that. It is in the ultimate control of the universe to do it, which is actually her spirit and all of her guides. 
Mm-hmm. And she again, was so open to receiving this message and really, really works hard to digest. And and she, you know, she says, can you repeat that? Because she does want to hear it again. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, you are doing the most that you possibly can. Again, with that junction, creating so many opportunities for the guides to work for and with her, because there's a difference between the two. And if you've ever worked for someone or for yourself, but with another person, you know the difference, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so they're saying they're doing this working for and with her to create wonderful opportunities to gather these pieces, right? Which is just about experience and that this feeling was coming, but that it wasn't missing because she wasn't working hard enough. Mm -hmm. It wasn't missing because she wasn't learning fast enough, Mm -hmm. right? And she went, oh, I needed to hear that because I'm rushing my process again. Well, and she needs to hear it because somebody taught her to believe that she wasn't enough. And she's learning she is enough by doing the work on herself. Yeah, exactly. So this is a lot of information that she can't necessarily confirm, right? So when we're going through Mm -hmm. our consent process, we will say, you know, if we're giving you information you can't confirm, we're going to give you others to stack up the evidence of accuracy so that you feel good. So her guide started giving me information about her chiropractic situation, her misalignments, where she carries her stress. Mm. She affirmed all of it. It was amazing. Then they started confirming things about her personality, where she tends to merge with other people. She doesn't know what she thinks and feels. She avoids conflict at all costs. She wants everyone to feel peace at all costs, right? Right. And so they used these pieces of information to simply give her the accuracy to understand, okay, this information really is for me. I'm so glad she got to hear all of this and to get the validation so that she could trust the information. Although... It sounds like Rosa was already trusting mm-hmm. the, val- the the information part about her inner work and her inner journey and her true purpose here um, because she's already doing some of that work. So it's not such um, a big leap when she's already on that road. Mm-hmm. So then she asked me a question. So I, I really like this because she went open and then... You can see on her face that her questions are formulating as she's getting this information. And she asked me this really cool question, and I've got it here because I didn't want to screw up the wording. She said, what are my highest timeline soul contracts? I've never heard this terminology before. Say that again. What are my highest timeline soul contracts? What does that mean, highest timeline? Well, that's what I said to her. I was like, can you break this down for me? Because I'm familiar with soul contracts and that being the highest order of things. And she went, I think it's all the same. So it was like, okay, cool. We're actually talking the same language. And what ended up coming through in terms of when they answered that um, was actually a reiteration of everything they had talked about. So they said, well, we answered you. We told you that it's not about external achievements. We told you that it was about experiencing these moments of wholeness. This This is in your highest interest. And they added to that by saying that it was... It was in her contract to learn how to connect authentically in this life, not necessarily to people, though that is part of the journey, but with the things that she chooses to engage in, to engage in more intentionally, more mindfully. And on top of that, they were talking about that helping her get to those feelings of wholeness. And if we come back to this place in time where she was in in the tall grass and the expansiveness and the breath, they were saying, remember when we said contraction isn't nothing? Well, when you're giving and receiving, what often happens is there's this feeling of depletion when you give. Mm -hmm. 
for her. And I'm not saying that's true of everyone, but I know it's true of a lot of people. And the message that came through was, if part of your contract is to figure out how to connect more authentically and more intentionally, then you're going to come to a place of giving in this life where you don't feel depleted afterwards. Mm -hmm. And that that feeling where contraction isn't nothing, giving doesn't deplete. And so there's never this feeling of a piece of you being taken or missing from you after exerting yourself. And I just thought, whoa, that's a showstopper. Yeah. One of the next messages that I really loved was that when she experiences this moment of wholeness, this feeling within herself, that it's not a moment of, oh, I have arrived. It's actually a moment of, oh, it's begun. Mm. That it was just going to be an, I shouldn't say just, it's going to be a moment of unlocking. It's not, I have arrived at the answer and I am now whole and it will be forever. It is a moment. It is a feeling that is going to come and go. And she's going to want to learn how to access it over and over again in her life and how to create it over and over again in her life. Not to think the work is done and I can put my feet up now. Mm. Love that. And again, we're brought back to the tall grass where they're saying that when you take an exhale and you are breathing out, nothing is depleting you, nothing is missing from you, the exhale was a necessary part of the process, and that energy hasn't left. Mm. It's all still here. It's all still functioning together. And it was just like we, we both breathed in that moment together, which I thought was really um, a beautiful thing to share with another person is mm. breath. So then we kind of move into a very different section in this, this part of the session. And she says, I have another question. I want to ask you about my nephew and how I can best support him. So it wasn't, I want to know things about my nephew. It was, how can I support my nephew in his journey? Which I just, it's one of the most beautiful things I think another person can ask of someone who's still living. And they said, well, his story or journey is going to parallel hers and the lessons that she needs. So what she will want to willingly give to her nephew are the very things she needs to learn about herself. Isn't that true of all of us? Right. And so they said, okay, well, tell her this. It's not about being able to do things for him. It's about giving him the tools to check in with himself. He's really young and he's going to need this. And so she is someone who looks outside of herself and pulls other people to figure out where they're at and how they are to figure out, okay, well, I'll be that or I am that. And they're saying for your nephew, you need to ask him different questions and say things like, okay, well... I want to know what others think and feel, but before I do know that, or before you tell me that, I want to know what you think and feel so that he starts to learn the order of things, right? Right. To check in with the self first, Mm -hmm. and then we can check in where other people are at and see how we want to proceed, right? We can still be considerate, but we're not taking in everyone else's thoughts, feelings, and opinions first. So her, her support was to be able to help him navigate himself, not to step in as the aunt and say, I can help you, I can do things for you, where he believes I need my aunt, but my aunt loves and trusts me, so I've got to go within to find out what that knowing is, and then she'll be there to support me when I know. Right. Which is what love is. 100%. Which is what our relationships are supposed to look like and behave like. Totally. And now we are back in the weeds or in the tall grass where what she can now give to her nephew Mm -hmm. is not depleting her 
Right. So she starts to go, oh my goodness, I can give without feeling less. I can, I can give without um, losing my energy or my own wits. I can still be me in supporting him. Mm-hmm. Just loved this whole concept of breath. Yeah, it's beautiful. So then without any notice, as you know, the guides whisk me back in time into a past life. And I said, you know, Rosa, can we can we go in this direction now? She went, absolutely, wherever they want to take me. And she shows me this life where she is an elderly woman. She's around 90 years old. And she has passed. And I'm in her body in the field. So I recognize, holy shit, I've been laying down in the field in Rosa's past life body. Oh, that's cool. And I can come up above it and mm-hmm. I can see myself or Rosa lying there. So I'm, I'm looking at what she looks like and her skin and her hair. And my God, is she beautiful. And, and I, this is important. She's beautiful in that she has aged gracefully, um, in that she doesn't look weathered, if that makes sense. It's not stress age. It's oh. just natural age. Yeah. It's not worry lines. It's laugh lines. It's it's she fed herself well. She cared for herself well. Mm. And so she's what it means to be aging with grace. Mm. And she shows me this lifetime where she takes great care of herself. She takes great care of her relationships. And even though the jobs aren't necessarily something that she absolutely loves, each part of the job that she does is done with intention and care. Mm. And so she can actually enjoy the job overall because she's more, not concerned, but more focused on doing things well and full of care that I don't want to say it's just tolerable, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a big glamorous thing. It's actually something she's proud to contribute to. Mm. And the job that she does, and, and she shows me being on a farm, creates community around her. So her relationships are taken care of, like I mentioned. And she chooses to be in relationships that don't deplete her. Mm. Lesson learned. Right? And and not just because you want good skin, but because... <laughs> That's a good motivator, though. Totally. <laughs> But it does give her longevity. Right. Right? Because these these relationships aren't taking from her in terms of worry or stress or concern or pulling her outside of herself and her moral compass either, mm-hmm. right? And so she's she's showing me that she has been laid to rest because she has just passed. Her family has brought her out into this field. This really goes against any traditions that I really know about um, in this lifetime where it's not about burying them. It's about taking them out respectfully at the body of, of the deceased into this open field where they can have space and time before they are decaying, if that makes mm. sense. And this beautiful message comes right back to, we're not digging up the earth. We're not removing something. We're not taking away from the earth to put her in it. We're going to lay her on top where both elements, both particles, mm. all energy can exist together mm-hmm. in harmony and do what they need to do. Mm. So it's not it's not a burial. There's a real big respect for both earth and what earth is going to naturally do to her body mm. and how she will eventually wither, essentially. Mm. But it's 
It's an honorable process. It's not gross or scary. It, it's something to say she was loved and she was cared for. And so we returned her to earth. Mm. And that grass blows and that breeze blows above her so that the soul actually exists. And get this, this was the really cool chilly part in her session in between lives mm-hmm. where she's not another human yet. Mm-hmm. She's technically deceased and not of this world, Mm -hmm. but this moment in time where her soul or energy is literally laying in the tall grass was a real moment, was a real occurrence. Mm -hmm. And so what the guides were asking her to do in this life when she does her Mm -hmm. active meditations is return to this physical space and this memory, not this imagination, but this memory of where the soul has been to re-experience all of the expansiveness when she wasn't confined by a body, but she inhabited a body that was loved and was loving, right? Was returned to the earth. Like it was just, uh, again, I want to exhale. Yeah. And you know what, Kelly, I listened to that and I think now there's a reason to live a life of really working at loving others and truly being loved and not tolerating when you're not loved back. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's great that you bring that up because when they said, you know, this is all well and good and we've shown you this beautiful place and space and time that did exist for you. When you are in that moment of wholeness, and maybe some of you have experienced this, you will feel the most joy you have ever felt in your life and simultaneously the most despair you will ever feel in this life. And both exist at the same time because it's such a fleeting moment before you are snapped back into your body or into reality or the ongoings of what you need to do in your day that the despair can really be the focus. Um, But they asked her to remember that the despair is not nothing. The despair is evidence of joy. Mm-hmm. And that the despair is actually part of the click moment that they were talking about, right? That she's been she's been waiting to feel in that wholeness, and that they're they're one and the same. And then they started to explain that in terms of energy and life, in terms of energy. Okay, I don't mean human life. There is love. There is life, and there is rest for energy. And they spelled out this beautiful thing I've just never heard before is that often human beings look at these three things and think they are all separate and that we forget that we can rest in love. We can rest in life and we can also have love and life totally invigorate us. And they just, they played these combinations of twos with each other and leaving one out, but also trying to say that all three can exist at the same time. Rest isn't something that is just a time out from love or from life. Hmm. I love that. I loved it too, because when they put life and love together, it really is this invigorating, invincible feeling (laughs) that I think a lot of people are chasing and want to hang on to that forever and ever. And then we forget, like I mentioned, you can experience love and rest together. You can experience rest in life together. Mm -hmm. And that we're not supposed to continuously try to separate all of them and compartmentalize the time that we experience all of them. And I just thought that was completely invaluable to hear. Hmm. Good lessons, Kelly. Good messages. 
Thank you. And then the finale for Rosa and for us is that um, they said to her, now look, this is not the wisdom of another that we're sharing with you. This is a remembering. Mm. This is you. You were the 90-year-old who got this in that life. You were the 90-year-old who lived this in that life. And you are the same soul that has come through to remember it. So again, instead of looking outside of yourself, this is your remembering. Well, isn't that going to be true for every single one of us? I sure hope so. And, and like how you're saying, it's a remembering instead of that we're all trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then we go to external sources to have them tell us what it's supposed to be instead of saying, I don't need the external sources, which might be a religion. It might be um, a cult. It, it might, might be us. Be, it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything where we're trying to find external sources to tell us what we're supposed to believe or what is what is true mm-hmm. instead of saying, no, I have an inner knowing for that and I have to access that. Mm-hmm. I just have to, as you were saying, I just have to remember. Yeah. And and I mean, Rosa was the example of implementing stillness in her life, implementing practice of stillness in her life so that those moments of remembering are fucking possible. Right. Right. Because so many of us are so focused on the love and life and the invigorating stuff and the accomplishing and the external things that we, we don't even create opportunities for ourselves to have these rememberings. That's why we want people to tell us what to do, what to think. So Kelly, I'm, I'm hearing that Rosa called and said, Let's do an open session because she was truly in a place to hear from her soul and her spirit guides. Um, And maybe, maybe deep down had some desire to be validated because she is doing her own work. And here the guides show up and give her all these gorgeous validations of her trying to connect to herself and to them. Mm-hmm. And this is cool because she's not just trying to connect to what we call the spirit world or spirit guides. Or the other side, she's trying to connect to deeper parts of herself, and they tell her that it's in her memory. Yeah, you're bringing up two really cool points, because when you're saying that she's trying to connect to herself and hear about her path, she gets the relief from the anxiety or dread or assumption that she's supposed to be working harder to achieve more. So if Mm -hmm. she's not on a day-to-day basis setting massive goals and future goals and Mm 10-year plans, she might feel like, what's wrong with me? How come I don't do these things? How come I don't want these things? And the Mm -hmm. guides are saying, because don't, (laughs) because you weren't supposed to, because it's not how we want you spending your time, Mm -hmm. right? And so she gets to really actually be in a very different place of rest, speaking of those three things, um, in this life though she's doing tons and tons of work, it's a different kind of rest that she gets to experience from not needing or having to drive herself to those other things um, and just really focus on those moments of stillness and feeling integrated and connected. Wow, does that It's permission. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, she's got this permission and with permission comes peacefulness. With permission comes emptying the trash can of mm-hmm. all of the ruminating thoughts that I'm not doing enough and, or that I'm not enough or that I'm not working hard enough, all the things you said. She kind of gets to put all of that aside. And then, as you said earlier, 
She gets to really know what her clear focus is now, instead of thinking it's supposed to be these other things. Yes. And in the same way, because I want to validate other people's goals and desires mm. and, and drives and inner knowings for themselves, the same way that a heart surgeon might walk into a session and say, my wife or my husband keeps telling me I need to spend more time at home and I don't know what to do because I feel like I'm driven to build a clinic and do all these things and save all these lives and travel. And it's like, yeah, you didn't write into your contract, family and, and quality time. Yeah. You came to this earth to change lives and save lives, right? And And when they get that validation or that permission from their own soul to go, Right. I wasn't supposed to tie myself down to a conventional marriage mm-hmm. or a geographical place. They get a permission and a relief of their own to say, your path was big, big action and big, big impact in a way that Rosa's isn't. You Rosa's what, about her own healing. You know what, Kelly? There's, I think there's going to be a lot of partners listening to this and a lot of parents listening to this. Maybe having second thoughts about, oh my goodness... Instead of supporting my partner or my child, I've been actually pushing. Mm-hmm. And, and whose agenda? Yeah. And there's a difference between supporting and pushing. Mm-hmm. And you're clearly pointing out here as we're moving through Rosa's story today and wanting to help other people find um, a th- common thread, even though they didn't pay for Rosa's session, <laughs> maybe they can find a lesson for themselves in it by questioning themselves if they're supportive or if they're actually pushing. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that she's uh, as wonderful of a client as she is. Mm-hmm. Grateful that she let me share this story because I think a lot of people, hopefully, um, will be able to take a deep breath after today's episode. Maybe they'll take a deeper breath. Maybe they won't focus on being depleted and thinking being depleted is their job or their path to... Um, success, or as some people believe on earth, their ticket through the gates of a heaven Mm -hmm. where they think, oh, I'm supposed to live my life like that and be depleted. That's my ticket in. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to arrive on an empty tank (laughs) and go, see, 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 it's empty. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're learning that the spirit world is going, no, no. No, that's not what we meant at all. And we don't know where the hell you got that idea. Mm -hmm. And we're asking you to rethink all of it. So I'm really grateful that you prepared this and shared this and that Rosa gave you permission for that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.